LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Tyson Fury, Francis Ngannou. The list goes on and on. All of that and Dwight Howard. What the hell would all of that have to do with Dwight Howard? The answer's nothing. Except for on the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming your way right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the latest edition of the Stephen A. Smith Show, coming at you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, over the digital airwaves of YouTube. As usual, we're right here in my studio, thanks to my official studio sponsor, FanDuel Sportsbook. FanDuel, the official studio sponsor of the Stephen A. Smith Show. By the way, the love, the appreciation, it doesn't fade, it doesn't dissipate, it doesn't disappear. Not when I have now exceeded 362,000 subscribers in the first seven months of this podcast in terms of it being on YouTube, actually. And I can't thank y'all enough for keeping it coming. Just keep the love coming, I'm going to keep on coming. Please continue to like and follow the Stephen A. Smith Show right here on YouTube. Just click the bell and get notified of all of my new content. While you're doing all of that, please don't forget to pick up a copy of my New York Times bestselling book, Straight Shooter. A memoir of second chances and first takes. I'll be taking y'all questions via X, formerly known as Twitter, uh, over the next couple of weeks. Just left my studio. The studio is looking beautiful. It's coming along very, very nicely. I expect to be ready to go uh, by the middle of November at the very latest. Thank y'all so much for the love and support. Keep it coming. I'm going to keep on coming. Thank you so much. Let me get right to it. Because I got some basketball stuff to get to. I got some Jay-Z words of wisdom to get to. I got a few things to get into. I got Tyson Fury and Francis Ngannou. A heavyweight fight going on Saturday night in Saudi Arabia. I got all of that to get to. But damn it, we're going to have to stop the presses. We're going to have to push that back. Because Dwight Howard, of all people, got to be front page news on this show today. Because if you didn't hear the news, um, Dwight Howard has been accused of sexually assaulting a man he met on Instagram and asked the court to dismiss the man's lawsuit. According to court documents obtained by RadarOnline.com, the NBA legend admitted that he met his accuser via social media in May of 2021. They exchanged text messages over the next two months. Ultimately, Harper paid a visit um, to Dwight Howard's home in July of 2021. Howard, according to court documents, admitted they went to his room, took off their clothes, kissed consensually, blah, blah, blah. In this complaint, Howard said Harper wanted a threesome with a man called Kitty. Uh, a man dressed as a woman called Kitty. Now, we laughed about the Kitty part because it had us thinking about Donald Sterling, former owner for the Los Angeles Clippers, uh, when his mistress uh, recorded him secretly talking about, why do you have to like black people? Why do you have to be around black people? I mean, Magic Johnson, why do you have to like black people? What is it but black people? You understand? Which ultimately got him exiled as an NBA owner. Ultimately, that franchise was purchased by the great Steve Ballmer for in excess of $2 billion. And the rest is history. Well, in Dwight Howard's case, um, his kitty was of a different ilk. Apparently, it wasn't somebody, it wasn't a woman. It was somebody just dressed as a woman which essentially has Dwight Howard uh, coming across as bisexual or gay or whatever the case may be. And people have been talking about it. And so because they were talking about it and he's an NBA player that was in the news, um, obviously it was something that I had to address. 
Before I go any further, though, let me say this. Dwight Howard deserves to have his voice heard on any matters pertaining to his personal life. So who am I to stop that? Here's Dwight Howard speaking to y'all, to me and everybody else, himself. Listen up. Y'all can stop with the nonsense. Worry about all this bullshit crap. Mind your business. Why they say you going on dates with dudes, bro? Why the hell do you or anybody care who the hell I spend my time with? That's the problem with y'all people. Y'all worrying about who people spend their time with. Whatever I'm doing in my bedroom is my damn business. Whatever you doing in your bedroom is your damn business. That ain't for everybody. And everybody don't need to know. You ain't got to say anything about what you're doing in your fucking house. It's your house. You ain't got to explain that to nobody. No matter what they say, they can say anything. Who gives two shits? Y'all too damn nosy worried about what I'm doing in my bed. Hell, the people who know what's going on in my bed, they know what the hell going on with my bed and what the hell I do in it. That ain't for everybody on the internet. That ain't for no blogs. That ain't for no websites. I don't got to tell nobody where I put my wood at since y'all want to get to it. That ain't nobody business where I put my shit at. Y'all just weird. If you want to know what people doing in their bedroom and who they messing with and sleeping with, you are weird. You're the weird one. Oh, shoot. Y'all heard about that, Dwight? They said Dwight was in a oh, text message and a guy. Nigga, who cares? He's absolutely right. Listen, ain't nobody throwing shade on Dwight Howard for his proclivities, his, his sexual preferences, his choices, or whatever the case may be. Um, what I would say to you is this. The story, he would have had incredible, incredible support if the situation didn't, uh, didn't involve sexual assault charges or sexual assault allegations, I'm sorry. If it didn't involve that, we wouldn't be talking about this. A matter of fact, if we did talk about it, it would be celebrated. The LGBTQ plus community would have seen to that if nobody else had. And in reality, in this year, two, 2023, all of us would have stand, stood up and said, all right, so be it, to each his own. These are not the times of old. We've adapted and we've adjusted. I know I don't have no problem with him. He live his life. I'm a heterosexual brother. You know, that's not how I roll. But I ain't knocking somebody else for rolling differently. That's their preference. It's his business. And he's absolutely right when he says it's his business. And I would come to the White House defense all day, every day, by saying it is his business. But I would also say this, bro, you know how this goes. When you're in the media and your business is out there on Front Street and the kind of details, the salacious details have been put out there by RadarOnline.com and other places and it's been picked up by TMZ and everybody else, it's a different animal. You know how that goes. Now, let me tell you why I brought it up. Because I ain't got anything against anybody. I'm fiscally conservative. I am socially progressive. Live and let live. You like men, you like women, you like both. As long as you're honest and upfront, 
I'm good with you. Now, I will admit, I don't like those people who lie about it. I don't like those people who sit up there and, 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 and pretend that they are something that they are not. That I don't like. But as long as you're honest and open and the people that you're dealing with know exactly who you are, what you do is your business. No doubt about it. Here's where it's relevant to Dwight Howard. And one of my producers, Greg, will emphatically agree with me. I have no doubt when I say what I'm about to say. That might have something to do with you not being on an NBA team right now. Now, I know they don't want to admit it. I know. We want to sit up there and just applaud and we want to act like everything's cool and everything's okay. I get it. Jason Collins, former NBA player, came out. John Amici, he came out. Isaac Humphreys. That is not to say that everybody in the NBA is all heterosexual and all of that other stuff. What I'm saying is when they take into account the totality of your impact in the locker room and on a roster, your behavior on the court as well as off of it impacts their decisions. And it's not about whether you're gay or straight, whether you're bi or gay, whether you're transgender or whatever. It's not about that. What it's about is how you live. It's not about your sexual orientation. It's not about your sexual preferences. It's about how you live. And if somebody's accusing you of sexual assault, or you pop, or, or, or you're outed as being somebody that's hooking up with folks on Instagram, it's a different animal. That's all I'm saying. I like Dwight Howard personally. He's always been nice to me. He's good people and how he live his life is his business. But I know this. There's got to be an explanation why that brother ain't on an NBA roster. Because he's got the body of an Adonis. He's in constant elite physical condition. He's a former three-time defensive player of the year. He's led the league in block shots at least twice, rebounding at least five times. And if you look at some of these dudes, if you look at some of these teams, are you trying to tell me definitively that the Golden State Warriors couldn't use Dwight Howard? You trying to tell me that? I'm going to ask my producer Greg that question one of these days. You trying to tell me that they couldn't use a big body who blocks shots and defends? who can run the floor and finish at the basket in terms of dunking? You trying to tell me we got to hold on for dear life to Kevon Looney? Is that where we going? Come on, y'all. Come on. It's got to be something else. It's got to be something else. And then I read that story. And I said, hmm, maybe I don't know, didn't ask. But maybe that's why he was playing in Taiwan last year instead of the NBA. Dwight Howard is an NBA player. Dwight, I'm saying it again. Dwight Howard is an NBA player. Look at him. Watch him run the court. Look at his athleticism. Look at his defensive prowess. Look at his timing. And then look at some of the big bodies that are in the NBA today. You trying to tell me that Dwight Howard can't be in the NBA? Come on, y'all. Not for a completely, totally different reason. Because DeMarcus Cousins ain't in the NBA because of something like this. I will tell you right now, DeMarcus Cousins belong in the NBA. 
Shouldn't be playing no damn Puerto Rico. Don't wave. I see my producers, everybody shaking their heads. Stop that bullshit. Stop it. Puerto Rico. Come on, stop, by the way. Come on, stop. Muy bien, muy bien. Bottom line is this. They ain't too many skilled big men running around. And if you are mobile, you can rebound, you can defend, you can block shots. I'm not talking about all of the above at the same time. A guy like DeMarcus Cousins, you trying to tell me DeMarcus Cousins can't get on the court for you for 20 to 25 minutes a night and put in double digits? Yes, he can. Yes, he most certainly can. 20 minutes, he can give you 10 points. Big body, bang, get physical. Come on now. Dwight Howard, block shots, run the floor, finish at the basket, the dunk. Don't put the ball in his, in his hands and ask him to make a post move and score for you that way. He ain't going to do that. But he can block shots. He can rebound. He ain't in the league. There's got to be an explanation. And this was it. He is right, though. It's none of our damn business. And I want Dwight Howard to know, I didn't bring it up to get in your business. I would never reveal the story like that if I knew it and nobody else knew it. I would never do that. I only touched on it because it was publicized and it was all over the damn place. And oh, by the way, it's still your damn business. I'm only bringing it up because I'm like, yo, that got to be the reason you ain't in the league. Because there's no excuse to me why Dwight Howard can't be on an NBA roster. There's just no excuse for that to me. Not the way he takes care of himself. Not the condition that he's in and not with the defensive prowess that he has. That's all I'm saying. But he's absolutely right. Ain't none of our damn business. And I applaud him for going on social media to tell everybody it's none of your damn business. Because I'm not sure most of us would have been brave enough to do that after a story like this came out about us if something like that would have ever happened to anybody. I don't know if people would be as brave as that. I really, really don't. I'm just saying, y'all. I'm just saying. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Uh, right here over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Another story I wanted to get into before I got into the basketball part. It's a heavyweight fight tomorrow night in Saudi Arabia. It's going, it's going to be uh, Tyson Fury versus Francis Ngannou. Ladies and gentlemen, I expect Francis Ngannou to get slaughtered. Let me just get it out the way. I, this is just a basic generic belief. I believe a boxer will kick an MMA fighter's ass in, the, in a boxing ring. And I believe an MMA fighter would slaughter a boxer in the octagon. It's not what you do. It's not what you do. Now, Francis Ngannou has the kind of power that can paralyze a human being. And I will say this. I'll give him a puncher's chance from the standpoint that if Deontay Wilder at a bloated up 231 with those slim legs of his can drop Tyson Fury not once but twice in their trilogy. Drop him twice in their first fight, at least once in that 12th round. If that Deontay Wilder, who was 40 pounds, close to 40, like 38 to be specific, but close to 40 pounds lighter than Tyson Fury, can drop Tyson Fury twice because he caught him with a right hand. Well, what the hell if Tyson Fury gets caught by Francis Ngannou? 
Ladies and gentlemen, the heavyweight division is made. I mean, when you coin the phrase a puncher's chance, it's because of the heavyweight division. There are plenty of people who couldn't fight compared to their opponents and they caught them and you go to sleep. And Francis Ngannou has the kind of electrifying power. They say his punches are the equivalent to 96 horsepower and more powerful than a 12-pound sledgehammer to the head. That's what they describe a punch from Francis Ngannou to be. Let me tell you something. If that is the case and he catches Tyson Fury, who the hell knows what could happen? So when I'm predicting a slaughter, I'm not omitting the possibility that that could happen. I'm simply saying that's what it will take to beat Tyson Fury if you're Francis Ngannou. Tyson Fury is going to weigh more. He's about four to five inches taller. He's a natural, pure boxer and arguably one of the best pure boxers we've ever seen in boxing history. The big tub of lard that he is with blubber flapping up and down dances, uses jabs, has power, misses, leads on you, high boxing IQ. I'm just saying, Francis Ngannou, I've seen him knock people, put people to sleep. I've also seen him throw wild punches as opposed to a straight right, check left hooks. I haven't seen that from Francis Ngannou. I've seen him hit, throwing wild haymakers, and when he catches you, his lights out. That's what I've seen from Francis Ngannou. That ain't going to work with Tyson Fury as far as I'm concerned. That's not going to work. I think if you're Tyson Fury, you take Francis Ngannou out inside of three rounds. You do that because he has the kind of power you can't leave him lurking around with the potential to catch you and put you to sleep. You got to take it to that brother. You got to finish him. And I think because Francis Ngannou has never shown me the ability to evade punches because he's never had to, I don't know if he learns how to do that now. I hope I'm wrong. I'd love to see a compelling fight. I'd love to see Francis Ngannou come out there and show boxing skills none of us ever knew he had. And to have a heavyweight champion of the world Okay, or a or, 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 or legitimate heavyweight in the sport of boxing with that kind of nuclear power. It would be nice to see. I don't think that's what we're going to see here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, not giving a shit about criticism. Oh, really? Really? We'll discuss that in Dame time. In a minute, you're listening live to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Don't go anywhere. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. Coming at you, as I always love to do, at the very least every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday over the digital airwaves of YouTube. Really, really appreciate the support and love that you've been throwing in my direction, courtesy of the Stephen A. Smith Show. We've been eclipsing about 1,300 subscribers per day 
Uh, we're now over 362,000 subscribers in the first seven months. Um, I can't even thank you enough. Please keep the love coming. You know how happy I am about it. Thank you so much. You know, let me transition to another subject because last night, I'm not going to lie to you, um, I was a bit perturbed. I watched LeBron James uh, put forth the Herculean performance in the fourth quarter, some big-time baskets down the stretch, offsetting the 39-point explosion that Kevin Durant put forth for the Phoenix Suns. He did not have Devin Booker nor did he have Bradley Beal at his disposal. The Los Angeles Lakers were still down 13, uh, still came back and ultimately the win. But again, Phoenix didn't have two of their top three scorers. And so that is what they what it is. I will say this. Sometimes <clears throat> we listen to players and we know they're full of shit. And one of those times was last night when LeBron James was talking about Anthony Davis when addressed with the question of Anthony Davis receiving criticism. Listen to the great LeBron James and what he had to say. There was also a lot of criticism of Anthony Davis in that second half on Tuesday night. What can you say about his performance tonight in game two to get your first win? We don't give a shit about criticism about AD. We don't care. Nothing bothers us, nothing. We don't, AD doesn't care. I don't know if guys have figured that out. AD does not care. He's not on social media, so he doesn't see none of the crap. He rarely talks, unless it's us. So we don't, we don't give a shit about it, and he definitely doesn't. He's going to do his job, and we happy to have AD. Lies, 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 and more lies. You see, I'm like, I love the fact that y'all get a full view of the kind of bullshit I have to deal with and other people in the media have to deal with all the time. I'm glad y'all saw it. I'm glad y'all saw it. Why react that way if you didn't know about the criticism? Do you know what they were saying? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Of course you knew because you watched. Now, for me to throw myself out on Front Street, I want clarification. See, I'm not a person that gives a damn about how people feel about what I feel as long as they represent my position accurately. Like, you ever had, if you're a dude, heterosexual, in my case, in light of the Dwight Howard situation, we need to make sure that I mention that. If you're a woman and you got a man in your life, tell me I'm wrong when I say this. And I got my staff looking at me. I just need you to nod your head yes or no if I'm right, because damn it, I know I'm right. I know I'm right. And I know this from experience because there is somebody that was near and dear to my heart Uh that I once strongly contemplated having life with. And do you know the number one thing that turned me off about her? It certainly wasn't her beauty. It wasn't her gifts in other ways. I mean, she did have a lot going on. But one of the things that's exhausting, and ladies, I'm a man. I'm not a woman. So, I can't speak for woman, even though I think I can in this situation. And by the way, I don't care if you're heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, transgender. It don't matter. I promise you, this applies to everyone. White, black, Latina, I, I, Latino, Asian, American, Native man. Don't matter. I promise you what I'm about to say applies to everybody. There is nothing more exhausting than having a significant other 
and having to waste energy explaining yourself about something they took out of context. You're sitting there with her. You're arguing with her or him. You're going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Hannah, look at me when I'm talking to you. You know I'm telling the truth. You're sitting there and you're like, wait a minute. I know good and damn well that that's not what I said. Bailey, look at me. You're literally saying, I know that's not what I said. I know that, damn it, it was weeks ago, damn it, that I said it. And she bringing it up now. So I forgot exactly what I said, which is a very, very frustrating thing. But from what I recall, I know I ain't say it like that. And then you got to expend energy arguing over the context of what you said. You just throw your hands up and give up. You're like, I ain't got time for this. That's not what I said. That's not what I meant. Am I lying? Am I lying? What I mean is this. I'm getting into an argument with you and you're misrepresenting what I said. That's very frustrating. No matter what kind of situation you're in. And when I thought about LeBron James being asked that question and then answering it the way that he answered, I don't, we don't give a shit what anybody says. To me, you're not taking into account what people are saying. See, you act like people are complaining about Anthony Davis and his skill set. Stop lying. We know that when Anthony Davis brings his A game, he's a top seven player on the planet. How many people can walk around averaging 28 and 15 with three blocks a game? Anthony Davis could do that anytime he wants to. It requires his A game, but he can do it anytime he wants to. We've seen what he's done. We've seen him go against Jokic and drop 40. We've seen him go against Golden State and drop 40. We've seen the brother drop damn near 50 against the Wizards last season during the regular season. We've seen what Anthony Davis could do throughout the years. We've watched him average 28 and 12 one season. We know that he's an elite defender and a rebounder and a shot blocker. We know this. So when we're complaining about Anthony Davis, what we're saying is, bruh, when you going to show up? And we're not talking about Charles Barkley calling you street clothes because you always in street clothes because you hurt. We talk about Stephen A. calling you six flags because you're a roller coaster. Up and down, up and down. Can't put together back-to-back games. I got some numbers on Anthony Davis. Y'all think I'm lying, right? Because I keep receipts. Let's look at it. Anthony Davis. Inconsistencies. Odd number games during the playoffs last year. Games one, three, five, seven, that kind of thing. Anthony Davis averaged 28.8 points per game on 58% shooting from the field. Even numbers again. Even number games. Two, four, six to be exact. The brother averaged 16.4 points per game on 43% shooting. A 12-point drop-off in points per game, a 15% drop-off in shooting percentage. He had four 30-point games in last season's playoffs. But let me tell y'all this, ladies and gentlemen, look how it happened. Against the Grizzlies, he dropped 31 points one game, 12 the next. He dropped 31 points another game, dropped 16 the next. In the series against the Warriors, he dropped 30 points one game. He followed that up with an 11-point performance. In the Western Conference Finals against the Denver Nuggets, he followed a 40-point performance in game one with 18 points on 27% shooting in game two. This is what he does. This is what he does. Okay? 
Minnesota boards of postseason averaging an NBA best 14.1 rebounds per game. The last time AD led the league in any regular season category was in 2017-2018 with New Orleans when he led the league in blocks. He led the league in blocks in 2017-2018. That was six years ago. So, yo, Greg, my producer, let me ask you a question, bro. With the talent that, that Anthony Davis has, the only category, there's scoring, there's rebounding, there's offensive proficiency, there's shot blocking, there's all of this stuff. The only thing he's ever led was in blocks, and that's one season. Can you explain that with his greatness? They won the title in the bubble, 2019-2020, COVID, Orlando, Florida, the bubble, the Los Angeles Lakers won. Do you know why so many people dismiss that title? I don't, because the title is a title, and they had to win it, and I give them respect. But do you know why so many type people dismiss Anthony Davis when it comes to that title? Because they said there was a four-month break, because the season was halted. They say if the season had not been halted, and Anthony Davis had to play through February, through March, through April, through May, into June, he would have never made it. He'd got hurt. He wouldn't have been available. Or he would have been Six Flags. That's what they say. So my point is, LeBron James is in his 21st season. This brother does only plays 29 minutes in game one, turns around in game two, and plays the entire fourth quarter. And closes. Yo, y'all, we're not disrespecting Anthony Davis. We're saying you're that great. When we talk about Kevin Durant, what do we say? You're that great. We don't talk about scrubs because they scrubs. We don't talk about we don't talk about scrubs. We talk about greatness. And we want to see it on display. So LeBron saying what he said, of course you're listening. Of course y'all salty about it. Of course y'all think that it's somewhat unfair. But guess what, LeBron? Why the hell did you talk about retiring? If Anthony Davis bringing his A game, Greg, Bailey, Michael, if Anthony Davis is bringing his A game, do the Lakers get swept? No, they don't. Does LeBron talk about retiring before he had to come on the SBs and talk about how he's reinvigorated and he's going to be back for the 2023-2024 season? He'd have never had to make the damn announcement. Because we would have known he was never leaving. Because Anthony Davis is that great. And you got a chance to win a championship. That's why. That's why. So he could talk all of that all he wants to. See, they try to change the narrative. And that's the side to piss me off. You, you ever see that? Tell me I'm lying. I'm looking at my producer Greg again. Tell me I'm lying. LeBron James score 40, 50, puts on a, a tremendous performance. He's soaking in all the adulation. But when he get a bad game and you say, damn, you stunk up the joint today, which is rare because he's so great. What does he do? I just, I'm just trying to be a role model to the kids. I just, you know, my, 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 my high school, my, my, my program, um, the philanthropy in the community, and the kids out there. And, it's just so important, and it's not about negativity. It's about positivity. It's about black excellence. It's about doing all of these things, doing things the right way. You know? Who the hell was talking all about that? How come you don't bring that up when you drop 50? How come you don't bring that up when you win in games? Why does it always correlate when there's criticism? 
See, that's the bullshit. That's the bullshit. That's what I'm talking about. You're so great. I got you number two all time. All time. Only Jordan better, in my estimation. You got people out here who believe you to go. Shannon Sharp, Club Shay Shay. Okay. Kendrick Perkins and, and Lord knows who else. They already think you to go. Why is it when, when we uh, the one day that you might have a mulligan and, and guess what? We're going to sit up there and be like, yo, man, it's a bad day, bro. You got to shoot. The, you can't shoot the fall away jumps. You got to take it to the rack. Blah, blah, blah. I'm just, just trying to be there for the kids. I don't want to be negative. Really? That's trying to make the critics of the sport Vic villains. That's what you're trying to do. When all we're talking about is the sport. Ryan Clark from, you know, The Pivot and their podcast, who's an NFL guy hosting inside the NFL, doing a fabulous job, contributor to ESPN, Monday Night NFL Countdown, comes on first take twice a week, all of this other stuff. Ryan Clark, he didn't mean to do it. That wasn't his intention, but he alluded to that today. We talk about Dak Prescott. Ain't like, yo, I would never question his heart, not with what he's been through. Because you're talking about the passing of his mother, something I would know about, by the way. You're talking about his brother, and God bless his soul, committed suicide years ago. And some of the trials and tribulations Dak Prescott went through. And I'm like, wait a minute. We don't do that on first tape. And we're not doing that here because this is Stephen A. Smith's show. The same dude who stars on first take. And I would never do that to another human being. Mental illness, mental health is a very, very serious matter. I'm very, very sensitive to that. I never wanted to kill myself, but I wanted to die when my mother died. It's the worst feeling I've ever had in my life for a long, long time. And if I'm being totally honest with you, I've never gotten over it. I just move on because she raised me to be able to move on. But I miss every day. There isn't a day that goes by that there isn't a level of misery that invades my soul. And whether it's for minutes, whether it's for an hour, a half hour, whatever the case may be, I'm in a very, very dark place just because she's gone. I understand. But I also understand that when somebody is critiquing me because of something that I said, on television, or on the radio, or on a podcast, or whatever the case may be. They're not sitting up there and taking into account my mama, any kind of mental illness that I may have suffered from or somebody else is suffering from. We're talking about sports character. And Ryan Clark made a good point that sometimes sports character correlates with your character. And I get that. I'm talking about your Dak Prescott. It's fourth and one. Yo, man, you down three points. You need a field goal. You got to get your team in the field goal range. You down four points. You need a touchdown to win it. In the moment, do you have what it takes to get it done? Some people do. Some people don't. But that doesn't mean that you're this horrible, weak person. You're an incredible role model. LeBron is an incredible role model. We will miss LeBron when he's gone. He is one of the greatest players we have ever seen. He is an incredible role model. 
He is a father. He is a husband. He is a businessman. He is an actor. He is a leader within the community. He is a leader within the NBA community. He is the iconic brand of this generation with the NBA, if not all of sports. He is phenomenal. What that got to do with the fact that you and Anthony Davis can't get on the court at the same time to save your damn life? How many games do you need to miss together? I'm just wondering. During the first season with the Los Angeles Lakers 2019-2020, LeBron and AD played in 59 games together, going 45-14 and en route to the NBA title. That was the COVID-shortened season. Since that time, y'all want to hear this? This dynamic duo has played in a total of 87 regular season games. Let me try that for you again, Greg. Pay attention, bro. From 2019-2020, that's the 2020-21 season, the 21-22 season, the 22-23 season. That's three years. LeBron James and Anthony Davis have been on the court for 87 games together. That's a season in five games. That's a regular season in five games. Y'all can't explain that? That's Kawhi Leonard, Paul George-esque. It would be an honest. That's Anthony Davis missing 44% of his games. Anthony Davis has missed 104 of 238 games. That's 44% since that championship season in the bubble. Oh, by the way, LeBron has missed 80. We can't complain about that? I'm sorry. You don't give a shit. I got you. You don't give a shit. I got news for you, LeBron. I'm happy you don't. I'd prefer that better than, oh, I'm, just, I'm just trying to be there for the kids. When it don't have anything to do with what we were pointing out. Can we talk basketball? That's all we're doing. Anthony Davis, when you bring your A game, you're one of the top seven players on the planet. Does it not bother you that you're not mentioned in the same sentence as Jokic, Giannis, and Embiid? Does it not bother you? It would bother me if I had your talent, if I'm getting paid $62 million a year. It would bother me. And oh, by the way, not only did Denver whip your ass, in the Western Conference Finals by sweeping y'all. According to Anthony Davis, they chirped and talked smack while doing it. So much so that Anthony Davis walked into the offseason clamoring for his, his opportunity to get his hands on them again. Says that LeBron felt the same way. We can't wait. And then you open the season with a scoreless second half while the rest of your teammates were shooting 54% from the field. Now I know my man Kendrick Perkins brought up that high altitude. But you've played in it enough. You know what you're dealing with. So let's stop. Let's stop. You know who wouldn't use, not to say that Anthony Davis used that excuse because he didn't, but we don't have to worry about something like that coming from Damian Lillard. Did you see that performance Thursday night? 
Dame time. Dame time. Dame time. Dame time. Spectacular. Most points by Milwaukee Buck in their season debut in franchise history. Eclipsing Terry Cummins, I think from like 1984 or something, if I remember correctly. Damian Lillard is spectacular. Now, here's the deal. I have Boston coming out of the East. I don't like the fact that Marcus Smart is gone, but that Chris Stapps Porzingis at seven feet three, who can hit 37% from his threes, who can block shots all the time, being with Jason Tatum, with Jalen Brown, with Drew Holiday, with Derek White, I'm like, yes. Until I saw Dame Thursday night. And it gave me cause to pause. Now, I ain't jumping off the bandwagon just yet. But I got to tell y'all something. That's a bad brother. Now, I happen to know he know how to use his hands. Brother could box. But have y'all noticed how bigger, I'm talking about in terms of stocky, Damian Lillard looked Thursday night? But he's gotten bigger. He looks stronger. But the jump shot, the stroke has not gone away. This brother is something special. And did you see it's little things you got to pay attention to. Damian Lillard is smooth as silk. He's cool. He don't get extra emotional. But he did. He did Thursday night. You saw that brother going crazy. You know, imploring the crowd, all of that stuff. Talking. I mean, did you see him? He hit all 17 of his free throws. Shot 9 to 20 from the field, hit all 17 of his free throws. But that wasn't even the biggest thing. Do you want me to tell you what the biggest thing is? The Greek freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo, is fresh over averaging 31 and 12. It is nothing for him to average 25, 10, and 5. He can do it in his sleep. The Milwaukee Bucks have pretty much had the best record in basketball over the last four or five years during the regular season. This dude is a two-time league MVP, an NBA champion, and a one-time NBA Finals MVP. And you want me to tell you what he did last night with Damian Lillard? That should tell you all you need to know about Damian Lillard. Giannis Antetokounmpo said, here is your time. I do this, you close. And Damian Lillard scored the last 11 points against Embiid, Maxie, Tobias Harris, and the rest of the Philadelphia 76ers in Nick Nurse's debut as head coach and lifted the Milwaukee Bucks to a one-point victory over the Philadelphia 76ers. Giannis said, here. Because Giannis ain't hitting 17 free throws in a row. I don't give a damn what you saw him doing the finals against Phoenix a couple years ago. That ain't his repertoire. He's not pulling up from 30 like it's a layup. That would be Dame time, Dame time, Dame. It's why I was at the Errol Spence Jr. Terrence Crawford fight with D Damian Lillard sitting behind me, and I literally prayed for him to come to the New York Knicks. Just like I prayed, I didn't get on my knees and prayed like I prayed for Anthony Davis to do something because he, 
I don't want to be in Denver for the finals. I need to be in LA. I don't, I don't deserve that. I, I'm living a better life. Look, I, I, I get on my knees and pray at night. I, I wake up in the morning and I pray and I thank the good Lord and I pay my tithes. I, I mean, I, 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 I tithe. I, I, I contribute. I'm philanthropic to some degree. I mean, I deserve better than Denver, Milwaukee for an NBA Finals. I don't deserve that to happen in my life. But Damian Lillard is so spectacular. It has me feeling like, I don't even mind if I have to go to Milwaukee. I don't even mind. That's how spectacular that brother was Thursday night. I'm just telling you what I know. I'm just telling you what I know. Jay-Z making news. That's up next. Along with some brother imitating yours truly. And of course, your text messages. Don't touch that dial. Stick around. This is the Stephen A. Smith Show coming your way. Back with more in a minute. This is the moment of a lifetime. The clock's ticking like my lifeline. Until I flatline, I push it to the red line. Who gonna stop me high? Welcome back to the Stephen A. Smith Show. You know, there was something that made the news the other day that um, everybody's been clamoring for me to um, comment on. Um, Jay-Z, the rap mogul, the billionaire, the man, the myth, the legend, my brother, was being interviewed on CBS Mornings about a one and only Gail King. He's a wonderful friend of mine. And... Um, she asked him to address whether or not would you rather have $500,000 or lunch with Jay-Z? And that was the rave. That was the rave. Even my social media person had been trying to get me to come on social media to address this point. I said, damn it, people can wait. I'm Stephen A, baby. I'll get to it when I get to it. Here's the deal. The Brooklyn-born artist that is Jay-Z, his answer was, you got to take the money. What am I going to say to you at lunch? I wouldn't tell you to cut a bad deal, he said. Take the 500000 go buy some albums, and listen to the albums. It's all there. It's all there. Jay-Z says taking a meal with him instead of a half million dollars would be a waste, and that any advice he could give could easily be found in his music. He's 53 years old. He recommended that fans, quote, really listen to the music for the words. Everything I said was going to happen, happened. Everything I said I wanted to do, I've done, he said. His estimated worth is at about $2.5 billion. As for lunch with Warren Buffett, Jay-Z did say he himself took a meeting in 2010 with legendary investor Warren Buffett to discuss his strategy of only investing in businesses he understands. Music is like stocks. There's the hot thing of the moment, the rapper said at the time. People tend to make emotional decisions based on that. They don't stick with what they know. Just so you know, this is Jay-Z we're talking about. The man who sold over 140 million records. He's won 24 Grammy Awards jointly with Kanye and the most Grammy Awards of, of, of any rapper. Um, him and Kanye have 24. Holds the record for the most number one albums, 14, of any solo artist on a Billboard 200. So really the question is, do you take $500,000 or a meeting with Jay-Z? I don't think it's as cut and dry 
as Jay-Z says. If you are broke and you're struggling to pay the bills, you take the half million dollars. Because money talks. But if you have the money, just adding $500,000 to your coffers as opposed to a one-on-one meeting with such a brilliant brother as this, I'm not sure you turn it down. Because number one, the advice that you receive matters. And I don't care what advice he has in his music, it might be hard for somebody to decipher from time to time. It may not be contextualized properly. It might be misconstrued and misinterpreted. Whereas if you were in his face, you'd have more clarity. Number two, being in his face affords you the opportunity, if he's impressed enough by you, to cultivate a relationship that could ultimately end up being far more profitable than half a million dollars. So what it really, really comes down to is your belief in you and what you believe your potential is to maximize a meeting with him, making it worth far more than $500,000 to you. That's my attitude. The position that I'm in, I would pass up on a half a million to sit down with a brother as brilliant as him. If I was dead broke and I had bills to pay and I was struggling to make ends meet, like my man Michael, then that would be different. And I would take the money. That would be me. Okay? That's what I'm saying. Having said all of that, Jay-Z's my dog. It doesn't have to be a proposition for me to sit down and break bread with him. That's my man. If I needed him, he would be there for me. Because he always has been. That's why I got mad love for him. Let me transition. Because I hear... People are imitating me. Um, this one particular dude, um, apparently he's trying to emulate my style. He's trying to say, this is my style. This is how I walk. This is how I talk, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, I don't even want to see it unless it's live. Show it to me now, and I'll be the judge. So I'm watching this. At the same time, y'all are watching this. Let's see what the brother's talking about. Dude, come on, man. I'm in love with Mary Jane. What's up, dude? How you? Good to see you too, brother. Oh, make up, make up. Yeah, yeah, I just, I just flew in. Staying at the, uh, the Mary Brown Tech. Okay, after, after the game, we can drink. Go good to the... <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, all right, you know. I mean, I don't know about the damn thing around your head. My hairline is not that bad, you know. I don't wear my hair like that. I mean, but, you know, I mean, the style is, look, I walk how I walk, okay? 
he does have me a little down though. I mean, when I'm trying to chest pointing to people, I do do that a lot though. But it's my way of recognizing, letting people know I recognize them. I appreciate them showing me love and support. Not to mention the fact that um, I'm not ignoring them because I don't want them thinking I'm ignoring them. Um, but I'm not doing anything extra. My walk is my walk. My style is my style. If it's impeccable, don't hate the play. I hate the game. You know what I'm saying? I mean, what do you want me to do? All right? It is what it is. I mean, everybody can't walk like me. Everybody can't strut like me. Everybody can't look like me. Receding hairline and all. I am what I am. And I believe that the, I believe in the good Lord. I believe the Lord has made and created me to be my beautiful self. And even though there are people who are more beautiful and there are people who are greater, it doesn't mean that I ain't beautiful and it doesn't mean that I'm not great. And that is my attitude. So I would tell you, I appreciate the brother with the imitation. Imitation is the best form of flattery. I'm all for it, baby. I'm all for it. Remember, I said that. Let's get to your text messages before we get on out of here. Eric Lopez is, is at underscore Eric 760, right? What does a healthy Los Angeles Clippers team mean for the rest of the Western Conference? It means that the rest of the Western Conference would be in trouble because if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are healthy, the Los Angeles Clippers could win the chip. I'm just over thinking for one second that Kawhi Leonard will ever be healthy. I'm just over it. Um, but I know that Ty Lue could coach his ass off, and I know he's an exceptional coach, and if he had all of his horses in order, I believe the Los Angeles Clippers would be competing for a championship. I absolutely wholeheartedly feel that way. Another writes, under, uh, um, at Quill, Q-U-I-L-L, Quillacutta, E-C-U-T-T-A. Who should be the primary ball handler on the Suns between KD, Book, and Bill? Who's the second and third option? Booker should be the primary ball handler. The first option should be KD, Booker, Bill. Period. But KD won, Bill, or Booker's 1A. Because Booker is, is as great as he is, he's not as efficient as KD. That's what I would tell you. That works. But I love Booker at the point guard spot, being in a playmaking role. Phoenix can do some things, man. No doubt about it. Um, At Modern Day Pepsi, Pessy, P-E-S-C-I. What's some of your current and past favorite talk shows and how did it affect you in your life, if at all? I loved Johnny Carson, by the way. Loved Johnny Carson. He's the legend. But obviously, I was an Arsenio Hall fan, uh, a black man doing late night television. Um, that's what I want to do. I would love for somebody to come and give me an opportunity, whether it's to succeed Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, or Stephen Colbert someday. Um, I want to make people laugh. To have writers and a staff that's looking out for me, that's making me uh, make folks laugh. I'd love to do something like that. I'd love to bring people that level of joy. No doubt about it. It would make me very, very, very happy. I will tell you that right now. Um, but Arsenio Hall is a pioneer. And he's somebody that paved the way for all of us. And I'm not going to lie to you. I do not like the fact that I don't see any blacks in late night television. There's a whole bunch of black folks out here who watch TV for a living. There's a black audience out here. There's black talent everywhere, all over Hollywood and beyond. And there are black folks who have great relationships with white individuals who are stars. What's wrong with getting a black host somewhere? You got late night and then you got late, late night. I mean, damn, you can't squeeze a black person in there somewhere. That's just me. 
Just thought I'd say that. Um, at Ryan, L-A-H-R-8, writes, do the Panthers already regret picking Young over Stroud? They should. They have no way. They have no offensive line to protect Young. And he's so small. Stroud is bigger. Um, he's got a strong arm. And he's showing that he knows what the hell he's doing. I got a lot of love for C.J. Stroud. And don't get me wrong, the jury is still out on Bryce Young, and I wish him nothing but the best. But we can easily argue that it's clearly evident a mistake was made when Stroud was picked after Bryce Young, especially the way the Houston Texans have been looking. But D'Amico Ryans right now looks like a coach of the year candidate. He's doing a spectacular job. He really, really is. I got to get on out of here. Um, got to go hustle to the studio. I'm doing NBA countdown tonight on ESPN, although normally you'll be able to find me on NBA Countdown on ABC this season, not ESPN. But tonight I'll be on ESPN. Um, we got a lot of work to do, got some things to get done. Appreciate y'all spending time with me, joining with me. And thank you again for the amount of subscribers that continue to grow. Um, as we speak right now, at the time that we're doing this, this, uh, this particular show, I'm approaching 363,000 subscribers. Can't thank you enough. Can't tell you how much I appreciate the love. Keep it coming. I'm going to keep on coming. Y'all enjoy y'all weekend. I'll be on the road. I won't be from my studios next week. I'll be in Los Angeles uh, pretty much all of next week. So I'll be pretty busy traveling. Uh, but I want to let you know that we will definitely catch up with you. I'll be on the air. You'll see me, but it'll just be from a different location. All right? Until next time, everybody. Take care of yourself. Enjoy your wonderful weekend. Uh, God bless everybody. Peace and love. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13, an Odyssey company in association with Stephen A. Podcast Productions. Episodes of No Mercy are available now for free wherever you get your podcasts.